All right, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Fresh Shakes Podcast with Russo and Felice. I am Russo Paul. Across from me, as always, Mad Myth, the legend himself, Felice Nick. Nick, how you doing? I'm doing good, Paul. It's good to see that we got the old intro back. Yeah, I don't know what was up with that last week, but it was weird. You know, we got the, you know, the, I don't know how to say the jingle, but you got it. Our theme music. You know, this is going to be the best episode we've had yet of the Fresh Takes podcast. You're setting the bar very high for what is usually one of the duller episodes of the year. <laughs> People care about the, the Daytona 500 recap. Not really what I was aiming for, but like, we're out of football... You know, we're kind of stuck in the dog days of basketball, admittedly. Yeah. You know, we're baseball. Not you know, close. We're talking baseball close, a little but bit today, but, yeah, but you know, we're not close to it. You know, it's we're in the. It's kind of like one of our dog days. You know, just we're kind of there. Yeah, it's not March Madness. We got to fight, fight through the August heat. Oh, fight night. <laughs> no, no, fight through U- the August heat. You U- know, UFC. Oh, Fight Island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, August heat, but. Yeah, well, you know, it's usually this time of year you kind of run into. That storm was a bust last night, though. Yeah, I don't know. Was it a bust? The we w- got a lot more ice than they predicted, admittedly. <laughs> the other storm was worse, the one where we had to get pushed back around. We're about to get a nor'easter-ish sort of thing at the end of the week. Let's see. Bust. Bust, you're calling that a bust already? Mm-hmm. Wow. All right, well, topics for today, we're going to talk some... NBA and college hoops, some hoop talk. Recap the Daytona 500. Spring training pitchers and catchers. A little dusting right there. Have they reported yet? Nope. Tomorrow's when they start reporting. So we'll discuss right. some of the key stuff to note for spring training this year and maybe take talk a little bit about some prospects we're excited to see. So, Has it always said the date right there? Yes. Really? Yep. That's kind of cool. You just realized this. <laughs> Nick, we are on episode what? 97. 97 on FL1. And you just realized that we have a date. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Up there. Um, you want if, the- this would be one of the things where if this was like a TV sitcom, the technical difficulties thing would pop up as I go and beat you up for that. Well, we don't have that. but uh, <laughs> You're right, cool. we don't. And it spares you that. <laughs> wow, mid halfway through February already, though. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, admittedly. So almost a year to the whole Corona week. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for the reminder of that dark time. It's We're good. still in a dark time. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be exciting. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's looking up, Paul. Why? <laughs> <laughs> you don't say that. You want to know what I do say? Let's hop into basketball. Biggest news so far going on in basketball. I wanted to start, Nick, admittedly today, with what I have for the third thing up there, which is the Big Ten Circle Suck. Because over the weekend, the Circle of Suck was completed for the Big Ten. If you don't know what that is, we'll talk about it when we get to it. Until we had news coming out of Duke over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And one of their stars opt out. And look, I want to know where you kind of stand on this, because for me... I'm a big proponent of paying athletes. I not, Like I've said, I don't know. Well, I've said it to you, Nick. I don't know if I really have said it out here. You're going to struggle, especially in the smaller schools, no matter what the sport is. Even the big schools with their smaller sports, whether it's, you know, like a cross country or a, you know, even baseball now type deal. 
where you're going to struggle. The, the program itself doesn't make enough money to do it. So where where do you kind of find whatever? And that's kind of in my mind the biggest one of the biggest things to hurdle. Either way, John Rothstein is a fairly respected college basketball reporter. I'd say right. He's a guru. Okay. He tweeted today, or yesterday rather, it's not yesterday at this point, that at this point in the season, it's not called opting out, it's quitting. But we're pretty quick to forget that programs as esteemed or respected, whatever you call it, as Duke, who have, and admittedly, and it pains me to say this winning pedigree about them, Usually when they have down years, the programs just kind of mail it in. Um, Calipari and Kentucky kind of do it. Nobody, like, quits. But Calipari tends to this, like, by... He had this same deal at Memphis, in a way. Like, if you knew it was a bad year and you get to a certain point where you knew he wasn't going to make the tournament, he kind of would just, like, throw the bench guys out there for the most part and kind of see what happens. Coach K, um, depending upon what you believe had a back problem a couple of times. <laughs> um, but you look at a lot, look at the way Coach K's kind of gone about things this year, it's pretty apparent he's just mailed it on in. And then I saw another good point, I forget who tweeted it. I want to say it was maybe Marcus Spears. I can't remember. But is it really quitting if you're an athlete who's not getting paid anyway? <laughs> so... You had the same thing happen in football. Um, even on teams that were in bowl games, you had players opting out just not to whatever. And that's a common thing anyway in football. Uh, if you're a high draft prospect or anything like that, you know, you um, usually a lot of people just sit out the bowl games, not risk getting injured, anything like that. So my question to you, Nick, is are we going to see, I guess it's kind of one of two, are, you, are we going to see more of this kind of continue as the final couple of weeks kind of progress through the regular season into a conference tournament play? And where do you feel about this? Because I think we might have some small overlap on this to a degree <laughs> um, where we usually, I think, would probably definitely be on opposite sides of the spectrum. I think Jalen Johnson quit on the Duke Blue Devils. Oh, boy. Never mind. <laughs> I am on that side. I'm on the Rosenstein side. He definitely quit on his team. I know it was not the Duke experience that he was looking forward to. Hasn't been the Duke experience though the past few years. <laughs> you know, with the whole COVID, no fans, you know, losing, losing to North Carolina. Not the experience under 500 or 500, whatever they are. It's not the experience that he expected. He quit on the team because he is just, he's done with it and he's out. Duke, we talked about Duke. I think Duke's still going to opt out on the season. Opt out on the season. I still think it's going to come. I think they're going to leave. Oh, hold on. But player quits, it's an opt out. Team mails it in, it's an opt out. No, it's a quit. But it's a quit. Call it what it is. It's a quit. Yeah, they're quitting out on the season, but they'll opt out. Uh, yeah, you know, it's definitely not surprising. I think you'll definitely see more people do it. I don't know if you'll see it from the big schools like Duke, but like uh, 
I don't know, just the top players, I should say. You won't see, I guess, just top players, I'll say, in general, for whatever team they are. However they're ranked in the NBA, and if their team isn't doing so hot, they might opt out like Jalen Johnson. But, yeah, he definitely quit on his team. Um, I don't blame him. I'd get out of that mess, too. Uh, Duke's a mess. Coach K is overrated for his age. He was good at one point, but he's got to hang it up, just like Jim Beheim. Uh, they got to hang it up, those old kooks. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Mike Bray's better than Coach K, and he always will be. What? <laughs> he always will be. We beat him again last week. Um, Yeah, it's a quit. I don't know what else you want me to say. He quit on his team. That's how I look at it. I agree with Rosenstein. I think we're going to see more kids opt out at this point. Uh, yes. Or in your eyes, quit. <laughs> yes, I think people will, will more quit if they're, like I said, if they're on a bad team and they're up there for the NBA draft. Yes, those guys are going to quit on their teams. In a season like this, it doesn't matter because this season's weird. I don't blame them. <laughs> it's not a normal season. If this was a normal season and this was Duke struggling in a normal season, then it become even a bigger deal, and you wouldn't see more people do it. But in a COVID season, I think you'll see more people follow Jalen Johnson's path. Let's stick with the college thing. We'll skip over the second topic and come back to it. But the Big Ten is officially completed. Their circle will suck. Conference, many people thought we'd see true challengers arise from this year, and it's not quite happening, I don't think, in my mind. For those of you who don't know, the circle of suck is something that occurs in college sports, really any sport technically, to be fair. But college sports is where you see it because of the conferences, where each team has collectively beaten each other. So the Big Ten, that means Nebraska's beaten Rutgers, who's beaten Ohio State, who's beating Michigan, who's beaten Illinois, who's beaten Michigan State, who's beating Purdue, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, surprisingly, the Big 12 hasn't gone there yet, courtesy of Iowa State, um, who has gone winless in conference play so far. Um, so Big 12 circles suck might not actually happen this year. They're usually the one conference that it's a guarantee. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the big, like I said, the Big Ten, I think a lot of people kind of pointed the finger at, say, Michigan to be a whatever. Illinois came on the scene really, scene really quick this year. Michigan, or Wisconsin, rather, as well. Um, Iowa. Iowa was up there. Penn State was ranked at one point for like a week or no, two State's weeks, rather. Ohio State's around their season. Yeah, like Indiana's kind of poked around. Like, they're in games. It's really weird. Same with Purdue. Like... This is kind of like been what we've like talked about in college hoops. Like I just can't get it, which is why I think like Gonzaga actually is like for real this year. Like I just I don't I don't know what to make of like the Big Ten anymore. Like I just don't. Yeah, uh, it's a mess, uh, and it's what we've seen out of the Big Ten for years now. Uh, not winning national championships. They got a lot of good teams this year. They had a lot of good teams last year when they got canceled, but they just don't have. A Baylor or a Gonzaga. They do have good teams. You got Illinois. You got Ohio State. You got Michigan. Michigan barely played lately, though. They just played their mm-hmm. first game in forever. But Indiana, Purdue, those type of teams, they're just, you know, Rutgers, those type of teams. They're just middle of the pack. Never going to make a move. You know, second round upset uh, for your brackets. But 
I like Iowa still. I think Iowa with Garza, you know, they can make a run. Uh, I just don't see a national championship out of this group again mm-hmm. for the for, for the will be the 20th straight year, 21th straight. It was years. the last one Michigan State, right? Yeah, 2000. Mm-hmm. So it's been a while. Wisconsin made the finals that one year, 2015. Lost to Duke. Um, you know. They've made some runs. Michigan beat Syracuse in Final Four that one year, too, but lost in the finals to Louisville 2013. Uh, so we'll see. You know, they are beating up on each other. We used to see that with the Big East days. Teams beating up on each other. It hurts the records in, in conference. Yeah, but these are all good teams. They're all good teams. They're going to have a lot of teams in the tournament. But I just think you could see a bunch of them get upset. Like that one year, the Big East had 11 teams. And I think only two of them made it to the, the Sweet 16. It was something crazy like that. So, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, confidence in Baylor and Gonzaga. It's Baylor and Gonzaga's league season, whatever you want to call it, to lose. True. It's it's their season to lose. We haven't seen undefeated teams. That's Stafford's team to win now. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't seen an undefeated team in college basketball in so long. Like Bob Knight. No. Well, are you talking about a flat-out undefeated year? Like Bob, like the Hoosiers? Okay. Wait, what's the difference? Well, no. Wasn't somebody, Wasn't there a team that went undefeated in the regular season a couple of years ago? Kentucky did. Yeah. Yeah. But I did. I wasn't too sure which way you were going. Yeah, the whole season, <laughs> okay. undefeated season. Uh, we haven't seen one. I think since Bob Knight. So Gonzaga's the last bullet, I think. Yeah. What's that? I said Gonzaga's the last bullet. I what? think. Bullet. Because Baylor's lost. Baylor lost. Then there was like Oklahoma State or someone. You keep talking. I'll I'll look it up. <laughs> All right, you look it up. I didn't. I didn't. Maybe they did. I didn't see that. I thought Baylor was still undefeated, but. Yeah, it's their season to lose. The Big Ten is going to have a lot of teams to fight for them, but the ACC, not so much. ACC, I don't know where they are going to go. I will be honest, I don't think the ACC could have a team in the Sweet 16, as crazy as that sounds. They might not have a team in the sing- in the whole Sweet 16. Nick, you're right. Baylor is undefeated. Okay. So, yeah, either way, it's Baylor and Gonzaga's. Season to lose, but uh, yeah, ACC maybe four teams, Big Ten could be looking around nine, ten, something like that. So it's interesting. Big East coming on strong light. Yeah, Big East got some teams. Villanova, mm-hmm. Creighton should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm just ready for the tournament. As a Notre Dame fan, it's been tough this year under 500 season. We'll so figure it out next year. So I read an article on Yahoo today. And it brought up a good point. Something that I've been saying for a while, this amongst us. Something I even said kind of on here. Now look, admittedly Zion Williamson's not going to be in China next season. Next basketball season. I will admit defeat on that. But, Nick... We're finally starting to realize that John Moran, probably the better player of the two. Now, fun fact about the Grizzlies this year. Do you know 
what their win expectation is right now. They're projected to win ten and a half more games than predicted. Really? Yep. Do you know what the totals are? I can't. No, no, I just know it's ten. That's not the point, Nick. My metrics, my rules. Um. So, God, I feel like I'm taking a minor victory lap right here with this. <sighs> Because I think you're finally starting to realize that Zion's a fairly one-ish dimensional player. Um, hasn't developed as nicely as I think the Pelicans have hoped. Oh, some of it you can attribute, sure, to obviously him missing pretty much all of his rookie year last year. But, this is a big but. They knew that going into the deal. You have John Morant, who's, I mean... Dare I say right now, top 10 player in the league? Ooh. Dare? Dare I say? I don't know about that. I mean, he's at minimum top 15. He really is at minimum top 15 right now. I have to really think it out. but So, I mean, what, like, what are your thoughts on, that, on this article? Because um, I think it brings up some good points about, sure, maybe Zion's ceiling is probably still like a tick higher than Jaws, but I mean, Jaws is playing at such a better level off the bat so far. Still, like, could could we have gotten this all wrong? Like, where where do obviously I know where you kind of stand on the deal anyway, but yeah. like, it it brings up an interesting question of are we going to look back on this as like maybe not full fledged like Michael Jordan and Sam Bowie? You know, obviously I don't think ja- obviously. John Morant's not going to be Michael Jordan, and Zion Williams is not going to be Sam Bowie. But you want to know what's probably maybe a little bit of a better example? Is this going to be like Carmelo Anthony and Darko Milicic? Yes. Uh, I'm not you surprised know. by this. I knew Zion could not shoot, and I knew he was just a dunker. And uh, he can do other things, but just not enough. He needs to lose a little bit of weight. Just not enough to really lead a team. John, ja, on the other hand, I don't know if he's top 15, but he's definitely a good player. Uh, I think he's better than Zion, but I think the real question is how will they be better than R.J. Barrett? And that is an unanswerable question because Nick. they will never <laughs> be better than R.J. Barrett. Ja's better than R.J. Barrett. <laughs> your opinion is your opinion. My opinion is R.J. Barrett is the best player in this draft. And, uh, but we're not talking about R.J. We're talking about Ja and Zion. And I did not read this article, but I think the guy is onto something because Ja, you know, he played at Murray State, Zion played at Duke. You know, Duke gets a little bit more hype than Murray State, so and Ja made a made a little bit of name in that tournament. The last tournament we ever saw <laughs> in college basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh so, so I'm not surprised. Zion's gonna be a great player. A great player like a Rudy Gobert high level of a player. He's never going to be an elite player. And he's definitely never going to be LeBron status. They treat him like he was, and he's definitely not. I don't know if either one of these will be an elite player. I think Ja definitely has the tools to do it. Zion does not. He is just an average Great player. I, I, He's an above average great player. I'll put it to you this way. I think the best way to kind of describe it is 
Zion really kind of it's so weird because I'm gonna flip flop this not well not flip flop it but like Zion's kind of like Carmel in the sense that he needs somebody with him for sure yeah. you know um, LeBron didn't LeBron didn't win a title without anybody around without help around him but he was able to lead a team to the finals um, same thing with Dwayne Wade. Well, Dwayne got there with Shaq, but Dwayne also was able to lead teams deep playoff runs and through pretty fairly dark times in Miami, you know. Um, but you look at Carmelo, typically was a one-and-out guy in the playoffs for the most part. Had a couple deep-ish runs, deeper runs. Had one with Tur- uh, Denver, rather. Um, and then got to, what, conference semi with the Knicks? So... I mean, that's kind of where I feel like Zion's probably going to fall in this in a way. I mean, it's just tough. And at, at the same token, I don't think Ja's going to be going to develop into, like, LeBron. Um, I could see him kind of going to Dwayne Wade route. I mean, he's about, obviously a better shooter. But, like, you know, Ja kind of reminds me of Dwayne Wade in a sense. He just kind of grinds to work and whatever. And mm. But... Um, Maybe positionally or whatever, you know, Ja kind of gives me some, like, Gary Payton vibes, you know. Um, you know, for the most – I mean, he had Sean Kemp, but Sean Kemp's a lot like Zion in a sense. But, like, you know, Gary Payton was pretty much heart and soul of the Sonics teams in the 90s that did make a finals appearance and did have deep playoff runs. And So you think he's top ten? Right now, I mean, he's playing like it in my mind, you know. Be hard pressed, I think overall. I mean, this is such a weird year in a sense. I mean, you talk about collegiate leaving. I mean, also pros. I mean, we had news again today where the Spurs are pretty much will be shut down for a week at least, the way it sounds. Um, and then Charlotte going to be on the receiving end of that, the way it sounds. Second half schedule still got to get released. Yeah. So, I mean, I look. I don't know. It's it, it's crazy, but I I think even in a normal season, normal sense of a year. I think we're still seeing this out of jaw. I mean, they're doing a, this. This Grizzly team is. I mean, in this way, it's just a kind of like a classic grindhouse Grizzly team in a way. But at the same token, like they shouldn't be doing as good as they are. Who do you want the Pelicans to take that draft at the time? Jaw. I mean, I thought Jaw was the best player probably in that draft. Looking back, for sure. I mean, at the time, like you said, I mean, I think, you know, you're still, it's still the Zion sweepstakes. I mean, um, and if you're the Pelicans at that time, you have to pretty much take a guy who can replace Anthony Davis, whether or not you want to admit it or not. Um, I mean, Zion, I don't think is going to be Anthony Davis by any means, but you had, you had to take somebody positionally that could, that could slide in. Um, you know, it, it's it is what it is. I mean, it's kind of like this year, and you know, I, it's too early to tell with this draft in a way. Still, but I still think Obi Toppin was the best player in this draft. I mean, time will tell. But I mean, <laughs> this draft's different. Yeah, I mean, how are you how are you going to know? There's Just no summer that. league, no nothing. Yeah. So I mean, it's tough. I mean, like like you know, we said I you know been running the Zion hate, hate train, but. You have to kind of just look at it from all angles in a way. I mean, I don't, I don't think the Pelicans had a choice in not drafting Zion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, you still had Drew Holiday there. It's like the, it's like yeah. the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the Lawrence sweepstakes. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. 
It's tough. It's a tough call. Looking back, and that's the crazy thing about drafting, right? It's like people love pointing to the the Bowie draft, well, the Michael Jordan draft. Like they forget that they just took Clyde Drexler the year before. You know, you can't. Look, drafts are weird. I mean, they really are. I mean, look at the Sixers. They yeah. hit. A, they hit on a couple, but they definitely missed on a yeah. bunch. Yeah, I mean it. One they didn't miss on was Nerlens Noel. Well, great guy. Well, here's the thing, right? And like before we move on, but like think about it, like, and this is where basketball kind of is now in a way. Not not as bad as say baseball, but like basketball has now gone this way over the past decade. And like I don't want to pinpoint the 2013 draft because it was just awful, but I mean it's the perfect example. Like you're just all drafting is right is you're throwing a dart at a board of what makes the most sense for your team, and you're hoping it develops. That's all you're hoping for, especially with the guys who are all one and done now or, you know, they're proven but extremely unproven compared to even 15 years ago when you still had four-year guys coming out. You know, it's crazy to think about, right? People were frightened of Al Horford as a four-year guy even 15 years ago now. Well, less than that, 13 or 14, but... I mean, it, it, it. But Al Horford has. And people are not going to like when I say this, but Al Horford's had a pretty much Hall of Fame career. I mean, basketball—they pretty much let everybody in anyway, for the most part. They but <laughs> I mean, you, you think about like Paul Mill or Paul Millsap. <laughs> Al Horford's had. You know, he's probably a ring away from being a Hall of Famer. He really is. I mean, I just at minimum, he's an All NBA guy <laughs> as yeah. a player. So, yeah, I, that's what it is. We, we will see, but yeah. right now Jaws got the edge. For sure. And he sure. definitely deserves his rookie of the year. I yeah. can't believe we're thinking about putting Zion as rookie of the year last year, but. Yeah. They I mean, you should have, you know, Kendrick Nunn, but. Yeah. Kendrick Nunn, good story. <laughs> All right. We'll move on quickly to talk about Daytona 500 and a recap there. Michael McDowell. Talk about the underdog coming up big, man. This was such a cool, such a cool story for for Michael McDowell. If you don't know his backstory, Cliff Notes version of it. This was a guy who was on not the fast track, but he was on pace to either go open wheel racing in IndyCar or Formula One at one point. Um, f- funding goes away in 2007, as we all know, you know, with the financial crisis and everything. Gets picked up by Michael Walter Bracing, flounders there with, at the time, a factory-backed Toyota team. Ends up starting in parking cars and journeyman driving for the better part of pretty much five years to keep relevant. Levine Family Racing, now defunct, picks him up. Uh, ends up, at that point, getting a ride where he is now with Front Row Motorsports. Um, and he survived turn three chaos, more or less, um, with Logano and Kozlowski out front. And the Penske guys wreck in a spectacular crash, and it is what it is. And McDowell pulls off the underdog story that you love hearing about in sports. Um, really, like I said, um, I've said this to a few people who don't know McDowell. Michael McDowell is one of the ultimate good guys in NASCAR, uh, driving-wise. Um, helps out guys a lot, uh, just in the racing and in life. This is a guy who's just a stand-up character. Um so, <laughs> Nick, I'll ask you, 
Did you end up? up did you end up? See, oh, you're looking up something. I'm looking up the results. Okay. Well, quick, quickly while you're looking up, I won't put the camera on. Did you watch any of the 500 at all? I did not, but I saw the highlights. Okay. So uh, for those who didn't watch, they only got the first 15 laps in until uh, rain came in because it's Florida. By the way, start the race at noon. Uh, lap 14, first big one happens. Literally takes out pretty much 15 cars right off the bat. At that point, it was pretty much single file the whole way, logging laps, which I wasn't surprised about. What I was surprised about was the fact that final pit stops occurred. I'm calling it 30 to go because he had guys coming in from anywhere from 32 to 27, I believe it was, to go for their final pit stops. I figured at that point you'd start seeing guys make moves and nothing happened. You had guys in the back trying to get something done. Uh, nothing happened. And I knew there was going to be a wreck to some degree um, on the last lap because that's the way it happens in single file racing with this package. Well, with the current generation car. This happened in 2013. Probably the best example, honestly, of in, in single file form is 2013 at Talladega in the fall race when people were riding around behind Jamie McMurray get to the last lap and car that stirred in line, which was Austin Dillon, uh, ends up uh, making a move and getting a small punt from behind and practically flips, got major air, and that's that. I mean, we had another spectacular wreck. Luckily, everybody got out. It's the 20th anniversary of Dale Earnhardt's passing at Daytona. Um, no doubt the technology developed since helped keep guys from getting hurt, namely Kyle Busch and Brad Keselowski, who had awful impacts. Keselowski did get up into the catch fence a little bit uh, in turn three, by the way. So, uh, we so have that. McDowell started 17th. Sure. Yep. And uh, I did not get to check. I wanted to watch the race, but I was working, mm-hmm. so I didn't get to see it. But um, I thought he might have started later. 17th is still, you know, that's that's like halfway through the pack to come out and mm-hmm. get the win. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. Uh, still get the big names I see up there, though, even with everything mm-hmm. that went went on. You know, Elliot, Dillon, Harvick, Hamlin. Yep. Uh, Cole Custer, big name, won a race last year. <laughs> Look at you with your knowledge. <laughs> you know, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., him and Aaron Rodgers have something in common. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, disappointed Ryan Newman. He was in that big accident, I'm assuming. Yeah, and lap, the big one on lap 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sucks. So when did the delay start? Uh, about four-ish. <laughs> so they had started four o'clock. Yeah, they, they got it. they got fifteen laps in. Yeah, and then the big what was it? How long of a delay? Uh, call it four out four and a half hours. Four and a half hours. Pretty much five actually. In all honesty, wow. yeah. It's a good thing that yeah. I had yesterday off, or else it would have been a very tired Paul. Yeah. yeah, I noticed my Bob's yeah. Burgers didn't get recorded. Yeah, you got the probably laps <laughs> 120 through 150 on your TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, we watched it today. We flashed forward through it. <laughs> Hoping Bob's will be on, but, you know, you know, Daytona 500, it's always cool. NASCAR, their biggest event mm-hmm. is the first race of the year. Um, I don't know. It's... You know, I, I listen you when you drive me to some places, I always listen to your NASCAR podcast, so I get a little information there. Oh yeah, yeah. Whenever we go places, usually you know, just you take me somewhere, yeah. I'm listening to your NASCAR podcast, get up, you know, my NASCAR some knowledge. D, some DBC, some Day G Day D 
you know. I will say this is my. I will say I do. I'm, I'm, if I am a fan of one, it's definitely the Cup Series. Definitely wow. a fan, fan of the Cup <laughs> Series. Um, you know, it's just it sucks that the names that I grew up with aren't in it anymore, like the Tony Stewart, oh, the Mark me. Martins, the Carl Edwards, the Jimmy Johnsons now, the Jeff Gordons. You know, the Dale Earnhardt Juniors. You know, it sucks they're not in it anymore, but, you know, they're starting to create new names. Um, you know, that Austin Dillon's going to be a name. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, first race, Vegas in a couple weeks, so. Mm-hmm. Where are they at next? Phoenix next week? They are at the Daytona Road Course really? this week. Yep. Staying in Daytona. They're meant to be out in. Uh, yeah, this switch the schedule up a little bit because of COVID. Yeah, um, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be. I think uh, Danny, Danny Hamlin's going to finally get it that week. He was looking for his third straight Daytona 500. Yeah, wasn't it? would have been history. No one's ever done. No that. one's ever three peated. People have two peated though. Yeah. Um, let's see. Sterling Marlin, Danny. Ding Dale Jarrett, maybe? It's yeah. tough to Dale do. Jarrett. I believe, yeah. I mean, you used tough. to go to the Daytona 500 all the time. Who? You. Yeah, when I was a child. Yeah, when you were a child, though. You used to go. It was fun. So it was fun. I need to get back to Daytona. Do you remember it? How old go, were you? Probably Daytona might happen next year and all. Do you remember? Honesty. How old were you? Do you remember going? The last time I went to Daytona, ninth grade of high school freshman. For the 500. Saw day No. Saw Tony Stewart win in the then Nationwide Now Xfinity Series. Driving the number 80 HendrickCars.com Chevrolet. It's a good time. Yeah, so underdog story, really fun. Yeah. Uh, Mike McDowell locks himself into the NASCAR playoff with that victory, by the way. I don't understand those. <laughs> Fire away. I, I, I just I need a, I need a confirmation to the 16 playoff team yep. racers, right? Yep. What happens if there's 17 different winners? I know it's not possible. Uh, points at that point. And then it goes to points. So yep. he's not in. He's locked in to have a shot at the playoffs. Here, here for me first. He is officially not in. I'm a big, I'm a big guy. That there's doesn't... not going to be 17 winners. <laughs> I know. There's usually never 17 winners. Usually never. I don't think there's ever been. I think the most in a year was like two years ago, 13 or something like that. But you're saying there's a chance. Not officially in. I don't know why I keep Look. pointing this camera. <laughs> Look, it's the 25th anniversary of a certain movie that came out. I will beat your ass Bob Barker style. <laughs> Sorry. You know, that's twice now. I still love you, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, he's not officially in. He's in. You Michael McDowell fans. Obviously. He's in. Don't listen to him, Michael McDowell fan. Don't listen to him. You're in. Your driver has a shot for the NASCAR Cup. Okay. Move on to the last topic. Pitchers and catchers. Well, that's why some people play catch. It's more than that. <laughs> Pitchers and catchers official report tomorrow. Very excited. Marcus Stroman tweeted before we came on that he is in season mode. Oh, it's he is good. locked in. I haven't heard of Marcus Stroman in a while. Don't be a hater. <laughs> He's on the Mets still? Yes. Okay. But nothing quite like the pop of uh, pop of the leather, crack of the bat to get it going for the year. Um, I remember going to spring training after Daytona. Pat 
Pat uh, got to go out on Legends Field illegally in Tampa to retrieve a ball, so we got that going in the Russo family. It's pretty cool. Spring training, always some fun stuff, some different things this year. I know the Cactus League, because everything is very close in Arizona, uh, where they are in like Peoria and Sunrise, um, that um, in Goodyear that they aren't going to switch anything up too bad because they're all within like a 10 to 15 mile radius. Like it's crazy. Um, however, in the Great Brew League, go look a little bit different this year. If you're pretty much what they're doing is if you're on the golf side, you're only playing people on the golf side. If you're on the Atlantic side, you're only people on the Atlantic side. Um, calling them the pods or whatever they want to call it is what it is. So you're going to be, for instance, if you're the Yankees and Pirates, you're only going to be seeing Phillies. Blue Jays, um, Tigers. So it's like an NHL type schedule. Sort of, Twins, um, that type of deal. If you're on the Atlantic side, it's Cardinals, Marlins, um, Nationals, Astros. Stop showing off. I think the Nationals are around like the Atlantic side now. Either way, um, pretty much that. Um, so the games are look a little bit different, obviously, to get off the bat, Nick. Um, I know... Games start in 11 days, technically, uh, from now. Um, so, you know, obviously, for usually first games, you don't see a lot of the pros get many innings slash at-bats, usually only in for like one and about two innings in the field or something like that. But it's always exciting. Do you look forward to this at all? I know. Look, I do. I do. I'm one of the guys who do watch the first games of spring training. So <laughs> Yes, I do too, Paul. I'm a, you know this. I'm a big baseball guy. I look forward <laughs> to the pitchers and catchers report. Love to see the pictures on Pirates.com. See the guys throwing the ball around the pigskin. The, the what? <laughs> the wrong sport. But, uh, you know. You know, big fan. I've always wanted to go down and watch some spring training baseball because I feel like that just a chillax. You never atmosphere. been? No, never been to spring training. We were close when my my minors baseball team went down in 2013. The Braves had just left back for Atlanta at the Disney World Wide World Sports. I think it's the Nationals there now, is it? And Disney? Any? Can you confirm? What? Who's at the Disney? Place? Yeah, Braves were at the time. They aren't there anymore. Can you confirm who's there now? Nobody. 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 Just Mickey and Minnie. Yep. All right. Well, you know, it's a good time. Uh, it definitely gets a little over-obsessive. You know, when it gets to that third, fourth week in March, you're like, oh, come on. Just play the games already. It's always weird when you watch a game, you watch the spring training, and you see your players out there for the first couple innings, and then that, oh, my God. The eighth, ninth inning in a spring training game sometimes is just so quiet and so boring. <laughs> you just those announcers they lose what to talk about. Um, and you got guys with no names on the back of their jerseys out there wearing number eighty nine. First name, last name. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like you know, these guys aren't making the pros. Tim Tebow will be out there, I think, for the fourth, fifth straight year. Fourth? I think it's the fourth. 17, 18, 19, 20. Ooh. Fifth straight here for Tim Tebow out there playing uh, for the Mets. So I think it's a, it's a good time. It's good to see it coming back. It's been quick. feels quick. It's not really quick. It's about normal. I know last spring training was weird because it got cut short. By like two weeks or something like that. Yeah, we got into the mood of spring training. And then, <laughs> you know, I'll always be watching that first game. Yep. Was it next weekend? Well, I like the uh, I like you know turning on MLB Network. You got 
two games live, and then you got two games on tape to watch. <laughs> oh yeah, I love that when we network this time of year. Nothing quite like watching a night game, a night game at ten o'clock at night on the West Coast, and it's broad daylight. The Pirates tape delay always seems to be on at two in the morning. Royals are playing the Reds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just they love some of that tape delay on during the middle of the night, but you know it's it's good to be back. Ah, uh, baseball like NBA, always a lot of different. Players and new faces, mm. new faces, new faces, new places. Speaking of new faces, Nick, who are you? What prospects are you like, and are you looking forward to seeing in spring training? Uh, you know, I'm. I really don't keep up with all the prospects in baseball. Mm. Uh, obviously, I keep up with my Pirates prospects since I'm a fan of the team, and a little bit the Mariners because I hear my brother and he talks about <laughs> the Mariners prospects. So I will, I will say. Since I think I know who you're going to say, <laughs> since he told me for the show, I'll say... You can say him. It's okay. No, it's all right. I will save it for you. Uh, I will say I will say the Mariners prospect. Uh, what was his first name? Kalanick. Mm-hmm. I forget his first name. But, I think uh, it's Jared or something like that. Yeah, Jared Kalanick. Yep. You know, good job what they've done. DePoto I, with that You team. know, I appreciate Julio that. Rodriguez as well. Yeah, I was about to say. Julio. They're both outfielders, so mm. they got a good up-and-coming team there in the Mariners. You know, I'm happy you didn't take the guy I wanted to take. I thought you were going to, which I would have accepted because he is a Pittsburgh Pirate, but Brian Hayes. I loved watching him play in the short time he was able to get up last year. Um, I don't remember the exact number, but he had, like, a triple better war like than like pretty much every other infielder on the Pirates last year. I'm sorry to say that, Nick, but but awesome, this is this awesome is a September. this is a dude who's he's had a I think it's only been quiet because it's Pittsburgh, but like he's had a very quiet rise up through the prospect pipeline, <laughs> uh, at least like chatter wise. Like, but he's good. Like I'm very excited to see what he can do. And I mean, he'll probably get a full year this year up in the big leagues, I'm imagining. Yes, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a starting third baseman. Yeah. They, so, uh, it's Colin Moran, who's mm-hmm. now moved over to first base, yeah, which would be an absolute disaster because he can't play any position. Well, I mean, he's got too good of a bat, though. <laughs> yeah. To just kind of wait. This is where, this is where the but National League should adopt the universal DH. Brian Hayes, third base is his spot. Yeah. He's the guy now. Obviously, the Mariners, I'm really excited for. They're going to have. Pretty much their outfield pool is all going to be pretty much up at the spring training level this year, which is going to be pretty exciting. You, as a Pirates and Yankee fan, you know what it's like to have a pitcher to not do a lot for your team and then just go back to the old team afterward. James Paxson, Chris Archer? Oh, uh, yeah, that's true, yeah. Really weird. He just went back to the Mariners. They both have won the trades. Kind of wild. They take um, our prospects and they just, you know, they are. Uh, really, speaking of like that, do you find it odd that Taj Walker is still a free agent? <laughs> yeah. Either way. We'll see what he's got. Um, but yeah, a lot of the prospects to keep an eye on. I'm pretty excited to see a lot of these guys pop up. The Tigers, I, I know, got a couple. Yeah, we'll see what kind of happens with them. I don't know if Casey Mize will get a full year. He, he was up at the end of last year, so. Um, but I'm imagining at minimum he'll be at spring training for sure, and I guess we'll kind of see what happens from there. I'm guessing he'll start the year at AAA Tim until Tebow's we at spring training. These prospects, right? he's not. I wish people kind of realize like he's actually not bad once he gets at bats. <laughs> like yeah. it's kind of wild, but I mean, hey, it was all start Double A. Gonna be in Buffalo this year. Syracuse. Syracuse. That's right. Come actually. on, man. Yeah, Syracuse Mets now. That's what they call the Syracuse Mets. Yeah. Not the Sky Chiefs. No. 
Not the Chiefs. No. We got to go to a game, though. We have to get back. Yeah, that's for sure. I miss going. I miss just going to sporting. I events. miss the Thursday night. Was it two dollar beers? One dollar. I hot miss. Dog? I miss going to the dome. I haven't been to the Carrier Dome in over a freaking year. Yeah. I miss my dome dog, my dome nachos, my delicious dome draft beer of Labatt. That scoreboard looks nice too. It does. I miss Bob and OJ and the disciples up in the top sections for football. I don't know Bob. You met Bob before. I, I met Bob. <laughs> you met Bob. Bob, good guy. But <laughs> what? What would you say? Bob, good guy. Okay, that's what I thought you said. <laughs> but you know, what is something you're really looking forward to in the spring training? Player? Just baseball. It's weird, but baseball. Not Manfred. Uh, no, definitely not Manfred. <laughs> what about you? I'm looking forward to. Uh, you know. I, Sadly, I'll agree with you. Just to be it's back. just baseball. Play, play a normal season. Yeah. Like last no. season was weird. Knock on wood. <laughs> I wish they'd do more of those inter squad games. Those are pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. But which is what's going to happen at least in Florida in the grapefruit anyway. Yeah, I, I th- I'm mm. just happy that everything looks to be back to normal. Speaking of back to normal, taste of the end of the show. Yeah, end of the show. If you haven't already, like, share, subscribe. All the fun stuff for Finger Lakes one. Nick, who are you shouting out this week? Oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> you just forget, I think, at this point. Yeah, just... Oh, man. Who's some baseball I could shout out? I'm gonna... <laughs> I'm gonna shout out... You're oh! Sh- I know who it's gonna I've be. Shout out your, uh, I've shout out your dad before, but I'm gonna shout out your dad again. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed the chicken wing dip from oh, the Super Bowl. Yeah. Shout out John Russo. Yeah. Man Good myth. chicken wing Another dip. man myth and legend. <laughs> yes, another man myth and legend. Shout out John Russo. <laughs> Hope you're doing well. He's doing good. COVID free now. That's good. <laughs> Been COVID free. All right. Like I said, like, share, subscribe, all the fun stuff. Take her home. If you haven't already, um, wear your mask because it's pretty important. You won't get COVID that way. And we'll catch you next week on the Fresh Hicks Podcast with Russo. And... Police.